Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Uh, but first, though, this afternoon, primary schools across the country are struggling to fill teaching places. Uh, in particular, we're talking about Dublin, but seems to be an issue in many other areas as well. Pat McKenna is the principal of Pubble School Nashun in Baldoyle in Dublin. Pat, how much of an issue is this for you? Hi, Clara. Uh, well, first of all, I'm second level. So I, I suppose a little bit different from primary, uh, but it's actually compounded by the fact that not only are you looking for a teacher, you're looking for a teacher of a, a specialist subject uh, as well. So the, the, the difficulties that the primary schools are experiencing, secondary schools are, are very much experiencing as well. So recruitment has been a, a growing issue over the last number of years. The, the number of people applying has diminished so that you're, you know, in the past you might have 20, 30 applications for a, a geography job, a history job, but now you're getting one or two. And when you come to subjects such as home economics, construction studies, you're very lucky if you get one application uh, in Dublin. And in, most, in many cases, in many schools have experienced getting no applications. So how many posts are you short, Pat, this year? Well, we've been recruiting right through the summer. Um, our school, Public School Nassau, is not in a bad position at this moment. We're pretty good. We're still in the, in the game recruiting for learning support teachers. But um, I would be in touch with many principals across Dublin through the Association of Community Comprehensive Schools. And they are saying that they are struggling in particular areas, in particular areas Dublin in particular, and then schools that are in disadvantaged areas are even struggling more so. And even if they recruit somebody in May, June, they're getting a call at the first, in the first week in August now saying, sorry, I've got another position. I'm now moving closer to home. I'm moving to a different area of the country. So it's, it's, it's a really challenging situation that's going to be exacerbated as we go through the year. Not only are we not, maybe not filling positions, but then we're compounding it with the other types of leaves that will come on throughout the year, maternity leave, paternity leave, paternal uh, parents leave, etc. And these short-term vacancies are really going to put uh, pressures on schools and school management. Connor Riley is on the line as well. Connor Pat is the principal um, of Skolonyanef in Lucan in Dublin as well. Connor, how many teachers are you short now for September? Hi, Andrea. At the moment, um, between I suppose uh, maternity leave, six-term contracts, SET contracts, and that, we're short about seven teachers going into the start of the school year. That's out of a total allocation of forty-one teachers in the school. So you're a large school. Uh, we're a very yeah, we're a large mm. school. We're about six hundred and ten children in the school. Right. Um, and for us, like we we would normally have all of our recruitment done, you know, by the end of end of July anyway. Um, you'd normally on a normal year have you could have, you could have over a hundred applications for a few uh, mainstream fixed term positions. Whereas this year, I mean, only a few weeks ago, I had to re-advertise five positions, and I got seven applications. Um, I called all seven for interview. Two came for interview, and uh, we managed to get one one girl has accepted a job with us for next year out of that out of that procedure there, you know. And by comparison, Connor, to last year, like what, 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 what's the usual demand for posts in your school? Uh, just huge demand. I mean, we're in a very good location. We're in Lucan, so we're quite close to Maynooth, where obviously you have Freble uh, Teacher Training College there, the Freble Department. So we would tend to get a lot of student teachers, or sorry, newly qualified teachers coming out of Freble would come to our school. 
Um, so we would have huge applications for the school. Um, we'd almost we 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 could in any year have to sit down and rifle through all of the different application forms and kind of shortlist for interview. That wasn't the case this year. If you applied for a job this year, you got called for an interview in most cases anyway. Um, so it's just a huge reduction now. As well as that, I think a huge issue this year is teachers in their mid twenties, rather than hanging around to try and get their permanent contract, they're just resigning or leaving their schools to go abroad and are fully in the knowledge that they'll probably get a job easy enough when they come back in a year or two's time. Whereas traditionally teachers would have maybe hung on, got a permanent contract and if they wanted to travel, they would apply for a career break. That's not even happening. They're just going now. So there's like, a, it's almost like a perfect storm. There's teachers getting career breaks, then there's teachers just leaving and they're, it's all happening in the one year, you know, and then obviously the cost of living crisis in Dublin is making that worse. So what is the, the the actual impact of this now, though, Connor, for you in September? So, the, yeah, so the impact for us would be we'll have all of our mainstream classes. Every mainstream, we have 24 mainstream classes. They will all have a teacher. We then should have 14 SET teachers in the school. We're looking at the moment of about eight, maybe seven or eight. Now, we do have long-term subs we can call upon or, you know, as the department are recommending, retired teachers. But that's not an ideal situation because you need continuity there and it's not it's not stable. So we'd have probably seven or eight stable SET teachers contracted to the school. So that would leave us short about seven. The knock-on effect then is obviously the most vulnerable children in the school will more than likely see reduced hours for learning support or, um, you know, special education support. That will then have a knock-on effect in the classroom, more, you know, uh, less support for the class teacher. And it'll, you know, it, it all goes down, down the line in the school, knocks on them with obviously extracurricular activities, less teachers to do that and so forth and things like that so um, it's a huge crisis that one kind of source of frustration for myself is that it doesn't seem to be getting recognised by anybody in the Department of Education that it's a crisis it's been spoken about amongst schools and principals for a number of months now but I haven't seen any statements about it yet from the department, which is, is is quite disappointing. So, so Connor, if I'm the parent of a child, you know, of a child today in your school or any other school mm-hmm. across the country who, um, you know, maybe is maybe has special education hours or or resources, um, that that I use on a daily basis, are you saying now that as a result of the the seven teaching posts that are unfilled, we'll say for instance in your school, those special mm-hmm. education teachers, the resources, they're going to be pulled out of that post put in to backfill the teaching gigs and the kids yeah. that are arguably most most at need in a vulnerable position of, of requiring um, additional resources, they're actually going to be, they're going to have to do without now. Is that well, what I we're saying? Go far to, uh, no, I wouldn't go as far as to say they're going to do without, but I would say... Well, with a lot less. Resor- well, teachers are, yeah, teachers are very resourceful. So what this will do is it'll place a, a bigger strain on the teaching staff. So teachers will... You know, the children, we have a system, all schools have a system of a priority of children, depending on their needs, who gets the most hours or whatever. So that will be looked at. Children with the most, you know, challenging needs will be looked after. But there will be a trickle-down effect where children at the lower end of it more than likely will lose, you know, there will be less hours to, uh, devoted to them, absolutely. But it will put a strain on the teaching staff who are going to have to make up for this lack of, of colleagues, you know, for the lack of colleagues. So essentially when you have 41 teachers for 610 children, we will have probably 34 or 35. So those 35 teachers are going to have to be far more resourceful and, you know, spread their time a lot better. And so it's going to be very challenging and it's going to put a lot of pressure on schools. And as I was speaking to somebody yesterday, even if the hidden effects that people don't realise, it's the the likes of the um, extracurricular activities that the children enjoy, the art clubs, the GAA after school, that will be impacted because teachers will simply be too busy after school 
working on, you know, on, on the other stuff that normally would have been done throughout the day. So they have less time for that for, for the other other areas of school life, which will knock on for all children, in fact, all children, you know. Peter is with us as well, Connor. Peter's on the line. You're a primary school teacher in Meath, Peter. Um, how big of an issue is the staff shortage there? Yeah, well, it's a it's an issue that frustratingly has been going on for a number of years. And like Connor alluded to there, it uh, seems to be news to people in the Department of Education, to our Minister of Education, that it is a problem. Um, just to give you a, a, a quick rundown, say, if we just take last year in my school. So we were without, well, we had, we're a small school. Um, we have eight main, we have eight class teachers or eight teachers in total and two support teachers. So one of those support posts was unfilled for the entire year. That meant that it was filled with subs uh, throughout the year. Now, the supply panels that came in a year or two ago with COVID, um, I think that they're very good, but they're completely under-resourced. And the uh, subs that are working on the supply panel are booked out for weeks in advance. Then we are looking to uh, student teachers and uh, retired teachers to come in. But these are essentially plugging the gaps in our education system. And that has a knock-on effect. And I can talk about this as a, as a class teacher, where I feel that when I have uh, children in my care that have uh, are entitled to support hours, that I'm trying to be both the class teacher and the support teacher at the same time in the one area, which is not sustainable. And that leads to... To burnout. I have. I'm teaching. My teaching twelve years now. I've never been so tired than I was last year. I, I felt completely burnt out. I felt like I didn't have two seconds to uh, just kind of regroup and think about it because there was so much going on. There was so much I needed to do. It was very overwhelming. It was very frustrating. And I am not surprised at all that um, teachers are not only having to leave the country in order to save a deposit for a house which shows the pervasive nature of the housing crisis, but also that teachers are just uh, emigrating because it's not an education system that's uh, amenable to, to teachers. How you long are you teaching, have... Peter? I'm teaching 12 years, so I came out in the middle of the recession. So I would say that maybe from about 2014, 2015, this has been a problem. So like we're coming into the 23, 24 year now. It's been uh, more or less the same government in all of that time. We have been uh, banging on about this issue, begging, begging the government to think long term and not be reactionary about the, you know, and the word crisis gets bandied about all the time. But when you have a situation that's created by myriad problems, that is the perfect storm mm. of a crisis. We are in recruitment and retention crisis across the public sector, mm. but in education and teachers as well. It's so frustrating for the teachers that are here that we cannot do our jobs to the best of our ability because we are being pulled in so many different directions. Jen is with us too, Peter. Um, 1800 453 is the number if you want to get in touch with us. Jen, what's your experience in all of this? Hi, Andrea. Yes, my experience is that I've been uh, was teaching this year student teachers and the majority of them are going to go away to Australia or Dubai when, they're, when they've graduated. Um, and also the, the teachers who I know from working in school completion programme, the majority of those newly qualified teachers are really struggling to either find accommodation or to afford accommodation. So it's putting massive strain on them, their reluctance to kind of want to stay in Dublin. So those teachers teaching in, in, in Dublin, I work in a disadvantaged area, 
um, those schools are finding it very difficult to um, to find staff, and and that puts a strain on all other services that support young people in education disadvantage. So, you know, school completion program are also finding it difficult to recruit staff. So, we're, so as youth work, so so those in med, so in hospitals as well, because it's just too um, expensive to live in Dublin. And I suppose it comes down to the unaffordable rents that are in Dublin. And I suppose like when I worked in London, um, there was London waiting. Mm. So you'd get extra money for when you'd, you know, when you'd, you did advertise, they'd advertise for a job and then there'd be this London waiting. But all that does is it, it adds money to your salary. Absolutely. But that just chases the high rent. So what happens is it's like a vicious circle. So I, I suppose from, from the perspective of that, I, the kind of the experience that I have is that if, you know, if we look at the lack of affordable housing, um, this is where the biggest problem is. It, you know, if we had affordable housing, teachers could could live in Dublin. Um, and I'm talking specifically about Dublin, yeah. you know. But how, how does this, Jen, like, I mean, we're heading into what? The schools will recommence now in about, I suppose, end of August, three weeks time. So mm. w- what are the schools going to do between now and then? The classrooms with no well, teachers I mean, at the front of them. I read an article the day, I think, at a Cameron Bush newspaper I was reading it in America. They're going to a four-day week because they can't recruit staff there. So are we going to right. have a four-day week, you know, for for teachers? And the teachers work on the fifth day, but the students aren't in because they have to prepare and they have to do all the other things. I mean, I know that's something that, that is being talked about in other areas in the mm. four-day week, but I don't know how practical that is for everybody else who's not on a four-day week, you know, if you have your students, if you have your children going for four days a week. I don't think that's being talked about here. And, and hopefully not, because I think, you know, young people love being in school. Um, I think that it's, you know, teachers have a right to, 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 to be there for the five days. And, and so do the students. Um, but I, I think that the, the challenge is not something that we can fix. It's not a short term fixable thing. It's something that we need to have a long term effect on. Like if, if we live, if we were Austria, we would have 60 percent of people mm. who live in Vienna. I know, I know. And we're housing. not going, we'll not. You know so, I, mean? so I know. And I know there's a whole different conversation. You're right. It, it does link yes, up in, yes. in terms of the housing situation. But that policy change, Connor, isn't going to happen between now and the 31st of August. So, like, what do you no. and the other principals that are here with, you know, six and seven teacher shortages now, like, what are you going, what can you do? Is there any short-term well, uh, measure now? Well, as Peter said, we, we plug the gap. We, we we try and be resourceful. I have a list of substitute teachers I can contact. It will do maybe two, three days a week for me. I have retired teachers who will do maybe a day or two a week for me. Um, but yeah, that's... I mean, until there's a recognition of this issue, um, nothing's going to change, really, for us anyway. Um, we like we, the, the, the big frustration for us as well, I mean, all throughout the pandemic as well, schools were at the front line explaining all of these issues and reasons for measures to parents. It's the same again now. There's another crisis. There's no backing from the Department of Education and it's schools going out in September explaining to parents, look, this is why your child is not getting X, Y or Z. Do you know what I mean? So it's, there's, there's, there's the stress of trying to recruit and then there's obviously then the lack of support from who should be making the decisions to the Department of Education. It's likely, and you probably know, I'm sure, from talking to other um, teaching principals across the country in primary schools, I'm sure this isn't, it can't be just a Dublin problem and I want to hear from other uh, teachers and principals as well around the country. But is there is there the likelihood that there'll be some small schools, Connor, that just, they won't be able to open their doors? Like, are we, is it that stark? I think, as lo- I suppose, as long as you have your mainstream classes covered, your doors will open. So schools, at the moment, looking at the numbers, most schools can fill their mainstream classes. So at this particular moment in time, it's the children 
who require additional support who are going to suffer. Schools will open, but with a lot more strain upon them. That's that's the issue we're at at the minute. But if it continues like this, absolutely, it could get to a stage where you cannot fill your mainstream classes. Um, and that would be a big, big problem then, obviously, because you need a teacher for, you know, to teach classes. We need I'm sure the parents of kids, you know, um, when, uh, that are, mm. you know, require special needs uh, or special education resources. I'm I'm sure this is absolutely it's not something they want to hear heading into the, the middle of August at this stage. Um, a significant part of the problem, says this texter, is that primary teaching has become overwhelmingly a female pr- profession. And seen as such, uh, this is undesirable in itself, particularly for boys who need male role models, but also because recruitment is focused on 50% of the population. Successive education ministers have ignored this issue and this is where it's ended up. I, mean, I, I don't know if that's the case, Connor, is it? Well, look, it is a female, it's a majority female profession, but I don't see that as, a, as an issue myself. Now, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't have come into my mind as, a, as, a, as, a, as an issue, to be honest, which I think I know loads of male teachers who are, you know, attracted to job and, and, and I am um, now I know there was a recruitment drive about fifteen years ago to try and attract more males into the profession. Um it may you know, anything to attract anybody into the profession would help, obviously. Um but, you know, I think the crisis is is, is I mean another issue you mentioned there about schools around the country. There is an issue with older teachers now who maybe in their well, when I say older teachers in their early thirties are trying to get a mortgage are now moving back down to the country because they won't get a mortgage in Dublin and they're taking jobs from really qualified teachers who would have been so it is spreading around the country now. So people are moving out of Dublin, that's causing separate issues down, okay. down in, in, in rural Ireland. I know uh, just from as a venture I'm up in Donegal at the minute. Right. My sister in law um she's a different problem. She's looking for a job in Donegal and there's very little work available for teachers in Donegal. Whereas if in Dublin you could pick your school, you know, tomorrow you could walk into any school and get a job in the morning. So there's different issues facing teachers yeah. around the country. Uh, this texture, I'm a teacher and I agree, I'm burnt out and flat out of a necessary medical procedure in mid-September that I have to have and I'm already worried sick about who is going to cover my class for the three to four days that I need to be off. Outrageous level of stress is this teacher. Another texter, I'm listening to your call about the teaching positions. I'm a mature new teacher with 20 years experience in supply chain. I've applied for 17 jobs for geography in the greater Dublin area since May. I haven't had one interview. Out of those 17, um, sorry, out of those 17 positions, I've only had four responses, says this listener. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about staff shortages, teacher shortages in schools and particularly in primary schools. You heard from um, Conor Riley there, the principal of School Olyanefa in Lucan in Dublin, talking about the fact that he is still trying to recruit seven teachers out of um, 41 full-time posts. Seven currently remain unfilled. But it's not just Connor um, that's having to deal with that issue. 1800 453 is the number if you want to get in touch. Emma is with us on the line in Limerick today. Emma, how are we going to solve the uh, teacher shortage problem? Hi, Andrea. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, I've just been listening to your conversation there and I just want to clarify that I'm actually a post-primary teacher as well, so I'm not too familiar with the primary setup, but mm. the issue that you're talking about really does affect the post-primary setup as well. Um, and you had a texter there who said that they've applied for geography positions and haven't got any responses. And I can emphasize with them because I'm in the same position. So um, I think Connor touched on it there just briefly at the end, saying that teachers are moving from Dublin um, because of housing issues and moving to uh, countryside locations and taking... Uh, a full-time permanent position um, and that's the thing that people want they want the full-time permanent positions um, 
And I believe that's where the issues would really lie is actually teaching contracts. And it's very, um, it's not very wide known about teaching contracts, but for example, for a post-primary teacher, you have to be two years consecutively in the exact same school with the same hours for you to be even considered for permanency. Um, and I qualified as a teacher a couple of years ago and I've been doing, you know, cover cover um, jobs for maternity or for parental leave. I haven't had that um, continuous. So I'm not entitled to anything like maternity leave or a permanent job that I could use for a mortgage or anything like that. So you don't even um, meet the criteria, Emma, at the minute yeah, to apply for the permanent post, for, basically. Exactly. And even if there is a permanent position that goes up, it's usually already uh, kind of a teacher who's reapplying because every year you have to reapply for your, for your job. But people in my class from, from the PME from a couple of years ago, they are leaving in their droves because if you are constantly doing these short-term contracts, covering a sick leave, covering a parental leave, covering a maternity leave, and you can't accrue that, like you can't accrue that contract to become a permanent or even have your own entitlements in your own right, of course they're going to want to go and find some better job. I, I left a very nice job in the medical device industry. I worked there for a good number of years. And I'm currently looking at leaving teaching and going back because I can't possibly support a family or support my household here on a job where also I'm not paid for those midterm breaks or those days that are, the schools are closed. You don't get paid for them. You don't even get paid for the summer holidays. Mm. Everyone says teachers are happy to be paid. But, but it doesn't add up though, Emma, because I mean, like we had, you know, we were talking to Connor there from the pers- the perspective of the primary schools and we'd pass McKenna talking about Baldoyle and the post-primary there as well in, in Dublin. So like, are we, you know, sh- surely if there's this much of a shortage in post-primary posts, I mean, how, like, of course you'd be, you know, where you're not able to get, yeah. or how is it so difficult then to get your your um required two years that you need to to meet the entitlements to start applying for contract jobs. Do you know if there's that much of a shortage? Yeah, I that's I I completely agree with you. I, I honestly don't know where the difference is because I was working in as I said working in the medical device industry. I constantly heard about teacher recruitment shortages, and I said I'd always wanted to be a teacher. Maybe this is my chance to go and retrain, and I did. And I never would have done it if I'd realised it was actually this difficult to get these positions. And I know there's loads of positions in Dublin. I did a quick search here for my subjects, which are biology and science. In Limerick, there's no jobs in Limerick today, for example. Um, I've applied for about 20 over the summer, as much as I possibly can. And last year, I couldn't even get a job in Limerick. I commuted. I commuted all the way up to Port Leash from Limerick um, to work in a school that was a great school. Um, But there's loads of jobs in Dublin. But there's no jobs really around uh, my particular area at the moment anyway. And I've been like a hawk watching them. And I really do think it stems from this contract issue. Um, and my classmates, like two or three of them are travelling in Vietnam at the moment or travelling in Australia. They don't plan to come back at all. Because why would they when they know that they're not going to get this security that they want? Um, and I think if they change this two-year probation to a regular probation, maybe something like 12 or 16 weeks, or that you could accrue it across multiple schools, so I could ha- say. Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can understand. You know, people don't want to hire somebody uh, in a principle. I mean, to be fair, hire somebody and you can never get rid of them. You're stuck with them, you know, for yeah. for their entire career. But in most profession, in most professions that I'm aware of, anyway, it's usually about a six month probation, or as you yeah, say, mostly. allow you accrue it over the number of schools that you work in. 
yeah, most places do have a probation period. And I, I, I completely agree with there being a probation. Like, have the principal sit in on my classes or on my colleagues' classes, you know, peer observe each other, see that if the teacher is the right fit for the school. So put a little bit more emphasis on actually that six month or 16 week or the one term probation or something like that to make sure they're the right fit so you're not stuck with them. But it shouldn't be a case that a teacher can just keep a permanent job and just move from one county to another county and just take permanencies along when there's actually teachers in those regions who are desperate to get the jobs and are stuck on covering, you know, uh, an hour here or an hour there um, subbing because uh, for post-primary, it doesn't work. You don't get a full day. You only mm-hmm. get an hour here or an hour there. Tom is on the line as well, Emma. Um, 1800 is the number. Tom, you, you're you a teacher in West Cork. What's your situation? Um. Well, similar to uh, people who've been speaking there, I came down from Dublin uh, about three years ago. Uh, we decided to move down to West Cork. And I left a permanent position in Dublin. And I had started applying for jobs well before that. Um, and as soon as I got down there, I registered with the Cork ETB and all the rest of it. And I got up on their website and got all the notifications from Cork ETB and from the education um, website. Mm. And uh, I I haven't been able to get a full-time job since I came down. So it's three years. Uh, and just like that girl that was on there, I, I uh, you get substitution work, you get uh, casual work, you get a couple of hours here, a couple of hours there. Occasionally you'll get something on a more semi-permanent basis, but you'll never get paid for your holidays or your midterm breaks or anything like that. So it was a bit of a shock to the system. Uh, from being full-time, permanent, and then coming down here. And there doesn't seem to be any connection um, nationwide as in terms of moving. Uh, they said there was going to be, a, as far as I know, there was going to be some sort of a nationwide uh, movement facility, but that hasn't been implemented at all. So you're just starting from scratch. And then the vast bulk of the, like that girl said, the vast bulk of the jobs that you do apply for, so they're, they're kind of gone because there's already someone there. Mm, already there. And they're just, earmarked they're just going through, the, just going through the, the, the motions, they're going through, have to go through the system. Sarah, so, moment, you know? yeah, it's 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 interesting though that I mean, from from what yourself and Emma are, are saying today, you know, it would appear that some of this certainly could be solved by just, I mean, looking at how the contract system basically works. Absolutely, there's, there's no doubt that one 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 arm seems to be working against the other. Um, I mean, they're talking about. I think this whole thing of contract is, is huge. I mean, you know, you can get contracts after a couple of months in in, a, in in the private sector, which I worked in the private sector for donkey's years. And then I came into teaching and it, it took me five years to get permanency, not two. It's been changed uh, since. But it, it's very, very... At one stage, I was even told that I would be permanently part-time, uh, that I would never get a full-time nice. position. Uh, and that was, that was just nuts. I was mm. just about to leave the teaching profession at that stage, but then eventually I got something. You know, it, it, is, it, is, it is silly. It's a silly system. One, one section is working against the other. Yeah. Thing of, you have to have the numbers up to get a teacher, and then if you... Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's down, interesting, interesting to hear how it works in the ground, particularly in the conversation around teacher shortages. But from yourself in West Cork and Emma in Limerick, it uh, doesn't appear to be an issue for the post-primary teachers there. Sarah's on the line in Dublin. Sarah, you're a retired teacher, I presume. You know, are you getting a lot of calls now from schools to offer you post this well, September? Um, I was uh, up until a year ago. And if I put myself out there, I think I'd have calls every day. 
But um, yes, I did work. Uh, I was in demand, I suppose, yeah. up until a year ago. And then I found it at one point, I think I was in a school for seven weeks. Um, and I just found I don't want to do this all the time, you know, for long periods. So what I'm doing now is I'm doing, pro- you know, I, I have other qualifications. So I, I have taught French in primary school because they're bringing that new program in. And uh, I, I'm doing a few private lessons. But um, if a school needed me, I would do it. But not for, I know they're really stuck. And you're primary, are you, Sarah? I'm primary, yeah. yeah, yeah. What about you, Marcus? What's your situation? Yeah, I was just listening there um, about teachers, about not having enough teachers. I was actually surprised to hear it because I have a daughter who's just finished her leaving cert um, and would love to be a teacher. But the point system has just, she reckons has probably ruled her out because the points has gone so high that you need to become a teacher. That um, It's ruling a lot of young kids that really want to go into that profession out of getting into it, you know? Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why, uh, like, there couldn't be, I don't know whether there's another way of doing it, whether there could be, like, an apprenticeship where you'd start off with junior infants, which is, and and build your way up. But, uh, yeah, she would really love to be a teacher, and that's what she always wants to be. And now she's stuck where points are going to arrive in the next few weeks. She doesn't reckon she's going to get just that she's going to lose out because she doesn't think she's going to get quite enough to go for the teachers. Um, so that's disappointing for her because she's going to pick something else. That yeah. And it's the demand really, isn't it? That's why they're, you know, they're, 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 the the price or the the point hike, I should say, more than anything else. What about you, Chris? You got in contact about the teacher shortage. How are you, Andrea? Yeah. Um, I missed the, the earlier section of the show, but um, the situation I'm currently in is that I had been doing a maternity leave since March. Um, and uh, the content, like it was, it's it was widely known in the school that I'd be the the teacher I was coming for. She she'd be gone until the end of the year, but my contract ended in June. I've had to go back on job seekers for the summer, um, and I'm awaiting an offer of an interview for the job I already have. Um, I'm a homeowner with three kids, and you know, making it work. You know, I'm I'm, I'm lucky enough. I'm not. I'm not doing too bad financially overall, but like I'm also looking at other career options. I have been since I came back to Ireland from the UK. You know, so it's uh, yeah, it's just a bit odd, really. Yeah. That I, I was now, quite quite yeah. interested in the point that um, Emma made a little earlier, and there's quite a few people getting in touch with us. I think Emma's actually still with us on the line as well. But uh, like, as another texter here, you know, says that the the teacher Emma just nailed it, you know, on the head completely. If they won't give teachers permanent jobs, why would they stay? Like for for your own sort of colleagues and friend group, Chris, is is this a huge part of the problem? It's actually how the contracts are operating. Oh, massively, yeah. Like, cause cause I had uh, four. three consecutive permanent teaching positions in England when I moved there immediately after qualifying. All of them were permanent. Um, All of them had opportunities for progressing. And my wife and I lived in the UK. She's also a teacher. Um, But um, the the thing that deterred us from coming home for, for almost a decade was the fact that we'd be coming back knowing that this situation was waiting for us with the contracts. The only thing that really pushed us to move back was uh, COVID and also having kids over there. It was quite difficult. But I've come back and we've just, I've just resigned myself to knowing that, 
year on year, the best I can hope for is maternity leave. Maybe I was the kind of substitute teacher in a school for a long-term basis where I was just whenever someone was sick. And I just I just survived la- that way. Now, I don't want to sound ungrateful that I have that about this job. It's a great job and there's great benefits to being a teacher. But the general perception is, is that we have it really easy when I can, I can assure you that that's not the case for so many of us. The majority almost, I would say. And I'm not surprised to see people shipping off to UK, Dubai, wherever mm. else. Good luck to them. They're dead right to do it because this this is not... This is not something I would I would I would encourage my own kids to do. To be honest, at the way the way it is. So, what's your circumstances in the next three weeks, Chris? Uh, just uh, I've I've got three job applications awaiting. Um, just see what happens. One of them is for the, by the way, for the job that I'm actually already doing, um, and, and it would be devastating if somebody else actually ends up getting that job by some bizarre. Do you know what I mean? It's an yeah. open ap- yeah, application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, it was, I thought it was quite cynical that they knew that this teacher was going to be on maternity leave at least until December, yet they only hired me for the little three months here. Go back on Job Seekers, Chris, and come back to us when when we're ready to pay you again. Which, I, I don't know, I'm not sure we'd get that in any mm-hmm. other sort of uh, industry. There's another texter here who says, myself and my girlfriend are both 25-year-old primary school teachers. We're living and working in Dublin. I myself, I'm still a post-grad student teacher and I've been working full-time subbing in my own class for the last year due to the massive teacher shortages in the school. We're looking at moving abroad as soon as I'm fully qualified, along with the majority of our friends that have already gone ahead or they're planning to go. We rent an apartment in Dublin between the two of us. We're both in the maternity contracts in which we don't get paid for any of the days the school is closed, the breaks, the entire summer period, even though we're back to work again in class on the 1st of September. It's not sustainable. We feel the Department of Education don't care about us and they're not listening to us, says this texter. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.